Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian, and this is day two of our daily NBA recap. So, last night we had a bunch of interesting games. Um, I believe, let me see, we had uh, seven games, I believe, or was it eight? It was, I think it was seven games. I believe it was seven games last night. We had, oh, I, I can just count them out. We had the uh, Chicago Bulls, Atlanta. We had Memphis, Boston. We had Miami, Brooklyn, Detroit, uh, Toronto, Warriors, Mavericks, Kings, Spurs, and Lakers, Clippers. So we had a, we had quite a few interesting games last night. It was it was a good night at NBA basketball. Lots of close games when it comes down to the fourth quarter. A lot of these scores don't exactly say, like, tell you the whole story. But um, let's just jump into the first game. The first game of, that I want to discuss is, of course, the sh- um, what's called no the Celtics Grizzlies game, because this was the game I paid the most attention to. Because of course, me being a Celtics fan, this was the game I was watching the most. I was flipping through like I always do all the other games, but this was the game I was paying the most attention to. The Celtics did a good job on Ja Morant initially. They had, a, I think he started the game like three for 14 or something like that. He started slowly, extremely slow. That Celtics defense was looking elite. They were holding him to bad shots. They were holding him to contested shots. He was having a very, very tough time. But as stars do, he eventually turned it on and finished the game with 38 points. He finished 13 to 29. He still, It wasn't the best shooting efficiency, but he still turned up nonetheless. Um, the entire Grizzlies starting lineup was in the negative and the plus minus. So that just lets you know how the game went. It, it, it didn't go in their favor for most of the game. I was kind of worried in the beginning after seeing both. Um, it looked like Derek White was going to be down for a while. And it looked like Jason Tatum got banged up a little bit. So I was worried. Oh, and Neesmith. Aaron Neesmith went down. So I was kind of worried because I was like, dang. We came we before Jalen Brown got hurt, we had we had just got everybody back from injury. We're rolling, we're looking good, and then all of a sudden we just get slapped with all these injuries. I was like, dang. Oh my God. I I was I was not feeling it. But we held on. Um Memphis went on a little run when Tatum first went out and we looked bad. The Celtics looked really bad when Tatum first went out. And it showcased what I said yesterday about that that offense thing. Like, they're, they rely a lot on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to create offensively, whether it's playmaking-wise or scoring-wise. They they rely on them a lot. So whenever you, you can know, you can notice the difference when they don't have one of their scorers on the court. That's why they need a th- one of the third guys to start stepping up. And they have one of them step up today. However, during that stretch when Jason Tatum went first went out, it looked bad. It was like a couple minute stretch all you saw was Celtic turnover grizzly layup Celtic turnover grizzly dunk Celtic turnover grizzly shot and I was like they they just during or Celtic bad shot Celtic bad shot that that they were such bad shots that they might as well have been turnovers like those type of shots that where you rush and it's a horrible shit like why are you taking that and then it just results in them going the other way and getting a couple fast break points because a lot of John Moran's early points were during that time because, like I said, he weren't he wasn't scoring in the half court. And the Grizzlies as a whole in that first weren't scoring in the half court. 
most of their buckets were coming in transition and fast break because the, ter- the Celtics were having turnover trouble. But I say all that to say, like, um, we still came out with a tough win. Celtics finished the game strong. Jason Tatum scored 21 of his 37 points in the fourth quarter. He kind of went crazy. Al Horford had a career game, like a career resurgence game. Like, we haven't seen Al Horford play this well in a long time. He had 21 and 15, also chipped in five assists, shot four from eight from the three. He played spectacular. Al Horford looked amazing. And that's what I'm talking about when I say we need a third person to step up. But it wasn't just Al Horford. Al Horford stepped up as if like he was taking over like Jalen Brown's scoring load. And then you have Marcus Smart step up as well. He had 18 and 12. He looked really good. He had, he chipped in four threes. And this is the Marcus Smart, like I keep telling people about. People always say, oh, blah, blah, blah you're a homer. That's the only reason you like Marcus Smart. And they don't understand. I tell them. Marcus Smart is a good point guard. He's not a good, he's not the best scorer. Yes, he was chucking. He has those bad habits of chucking and everything else. But ever since he's officially been playing point guard for the Boston Celtics, he hasn't been chucking like that. He's been playing extremely well. And ever since he's been the the sole point guard, sole playmaker of our team, I say I can't say sole playmaker because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown also playmate for us heavily. But the sole point guard on our team, um, truly, he that's when we went on this massive winning streak. That's when we've been playing well. When Dennis Schroeder was getting taken out of the lineup, when he basically got taken out of the rotation and or he was playing very minimal, then you started seeing the Celtics go on a nice win streak because we started finding our identity of being a defensive team. And letting Marcus Smart run our point guard and run our and run our playmaking duties, he can't do that. We're not asking Marcus Smart to score. I don't get why people keep talking about the whole oh well he shoots thirty percent. He's not a good scorer. Look at his box score numbers. It's like I can tell you don't watch our games if you start no like naming the box score numbers of Marcus Smart because what he brings is deeper than the box score. I try to compare it to Draymond Green. But on a lesser note, I'm like, if you look at Draymond Green's box score um, numbers, you're going to be like, oh, why is he awesome? Why is he known as their third guy? Why is he known as this, this, and that when he doesn't put up crazy numbers? Like, he's not putting up great efficiency. He's not scoring a lot. He's not, like, his numbers don't pop off the chart. Like, all these other people that can do that. And it's like, no, it fits a culture. And those type of guys, you need them. Um, What was it? Not la- not last night, but um, two nights ago, there was a run. Um, they were making a run against the Celtics, and Marcus Smart did something very simple that we haven't seen with the Celtics in a long time. A, a simple thing of calming the team down by walking the ball up the court, putting it in, like, like settling the team down. And we need, we need things like that to play, mate. We need that leadership that goes deeper than the numbers to run our offense. Marcus Smart also is known to push the pace whenever we are able to push the pace. Whereas, like we in the, like historically, we've had point guards like Dennis Schroeder this year, and point guards in the past they like to walk the ball up the court, or they have exploit. They're good when they're walking the ball up the court or doing whatever like that, but they're exploitable on defense. So I like a Marcus Smart style point guard. I don't want another like star caliber point guard to take over for him. I like what Marcus Smart brings there. Rob Williams looked really good as well. There was one defense possession that he just looked, he looked amazing. Like Memphis drove, 
Um, they kicked it to Jared Jackson. He jumped, he swatted it. They tried to go up again. He changed that shot. They tried to go up again to throw up a lob. He swatted a lob away. I was like, golly, Rob Williams just looks amazing defensively. And I just love having him there. Grant Williams looks good. Grant Williams is having a sneaky good season. I don't understand. Like, I see Celtics media, like, they're half and half on Grant Williams. Grant Williams made a crazy leap from last year. Last year, he wasn't a good shooter in any way, shape, or form. And this year, he is a legit He went three for three from the three this year. He's, I think he's shooting 40, yeah, he's still shooting 40% from the three. He's shooting 44% from the three, 44.7, so almost 45% from three. He's looking really, really good in that regard. His free throw numbers are crazy, too. He is literally a almost 50-40-90 player this year. He's 49.5 from the field. He's 44.7 from the three, and he's 92% from the free throw line. Last year, he was a tr- he was a horrendous, horrendous free throw. He shot 58.8% from the free throw line last year. He wasn't that good of a shooter last year, and he just made this crazy leap. But I know... When you see people like that, you're like, okay, they just assume it's a one-year thing, which we don't know how long it's going to be. But to just not recognize his giant leap because of that, I don't understand it. Um, Jared Jackson looks good for the Memphis Grizzlies. He, Him and Desmond Bain were kind of the ones carrying the team whenever um, John Morant was struggling in the first half. You saw a lot of... You saw a lot of them going to Jared Jackson Jr. He looked really good in the first, but in that second half, John Moran just went crazy. He went crazy. He had a nice little um, fast break dunk to add that to his highlight room. I mean, highlight film. It just, John Moran's crazy. There's not much you can do with it. There's not much you can say about that because just like stars are going to have, like I said, stars are going to have off nights, but stars are still going to start. Like, he's still going to affect the game in crazy amount of ways. And Jaws just, he's, He's electric. It's just, it's just, there's not much you can say about that. But we can jump into the next game. Let's talk about Chicago Atlanta. Chicago Atlanta, um, I only saw bits and pieces of this game because, like I said, I was flipping back and forth. But I saw DeMar DeRozan started off slow this game. He wasn't really trying to score too much. He was, he kind of took a back seat and was playmaking for the most part and letting, trying to let the offense run through Zach Levine and Vucevic, which I understand it. Um, DeMar DeRozan has been carrying a lot of the scoring load because he went on that crazy streak when he was scoring like 30 plus, 35 plus in a row. And it finally ended the um, their previous game and, so it looks like he's finally like, okay, I can take a step back. I can relax a little bit, you know, take some what's called minutes off me and just let just let, you know, the other guys eat. They haven't been here. They haven't been healthy. They haven't been done everything like that. But on the other end, jeez, man, Trey Young is so good. Trey Young is so good. This man had almost he almost had four. He had 39 and 13. On 11 of 18, shooting 7 for 9 from the 3 and 10 from 10 from the free throw line. That man, Trey Young, is so crazy. And I just don't under, I get, or I was about to say, I don't understand why they don't get as much recognition, but I do at the same time because they're losing. They're, they had all these expectations to, to, like, keep going and to take it to the next step this year, but they didn't. And Trey, but I still don't feel like that should get that should take away from Trey Young. Cause Trey Young has been, he he he's been scoring on another level. 
Um, he's still doing the crazy shots, the crazy scoring low. It's like he, he – I, I don't want to compare him to Nate Archibald because their playing styles are completely different. But it's, it's that kind of pace where you have a guard, a point guard, an undersized point guard who has the capability of leading you – leading the league in scoring and leading the league in assists. And it's kind of crazy when you think about that. And it's like, wow, wow. Trey young is really going crazy. And I've been seeing a lot of, I know the whole John Morant um, hype. And I was, no, I was just hyping him up because that man just went crazy. But I've been seeing a lot of comparisons between John Morant and Trey young and John Morant is really good. He's really, really, really elite, but I just don't think he should. I don't think he's already surpassed Trey young because Trey young has put in a lot of work. And Trey Young, not only his numbers, but when you watch him, the Hawks go as he goes. And I just don't see how you can't give, like, Trey Young at least the benefit of the doubt over him. Because it doesn't, it, I don't know. I don't understand that. I don't under, I know it's recency bias. So, and it's also media coverage. The media is covering a lot more of John Morant than Trey Young right now. But I say I have to say, don't forget about Trey Young. Because this man is crazy. This man is extremely crazy. You saw um, Bogdanovich chip in 20, going back to Chicago. Chicago still looks good scoring-wise. They have they have a lot of guys that can chip in. Kobe White went in with 15. Um, Ayu DeSomo had 15. Like I said earlier, Vucevic and Zach Levine was getting deferred to. They both had 20-plus. And it's just a lot of scoring power with them. I think what they're still missing is that defense. So that defense is what they need. When Lonzo, they still look good enough to win. Lon, when Lonzo and um, let's go when Lonzo and uh, okay, Alex Caruso. I don't know why I just had a brain fart. Or, uh, when Alex Caruso and Lonzo come back, they should be fine enough to you know just go up there. They can guard players like Trey Young at least make it. You can't shut down or like completely stop guards like that, but at least contain them. I feel like they could have squeezed by with a win if they had Lonzo or Alex Caruso here just to bring a little more defensive versatility because that's where they're lacking right now. They don't they don't really have a lot of defense, but we're going to take a short break and then we will be right back. Last time I didn't take any breaks and I was just talking and talking and talking and I was one getting winded myself and starting to, you know, mumble my words and everything from going so long without a break. 
and two, I feel like it'd be better if just break up the games in between here and there. Just be like, hey, talk about a couple games, take a short break. Talk about a couple games, take a short break. I just feel like it will flow better going that way. So that's how we're gonna go from now on. Um, the next game I want to speak with y'all about is the Miami Heat Brooklyn Nets game. Kevin Durant's return. He hasn't. He I think he's missed twenty one games. Yeah, he's returning from his twenty one game absence. The Nets have plummeted ever since he went he went out oh my god they went five and 16 without durant they are exactly 500 at 32 and 32 right now they're missing they look bad the nets look bad they still have no Kyrie. they still haven't had ben simmons suit up or anything like that so i understand why kevin durant couldn't carry them by themselves and i also understand why the nets have been on a losing streak because the Nets aren't known for depth. They're known to be top-heavy, and they're known to be like they're relying on their three stars to carry them the way through the way. And that was before James Harden left, and now they add Ben Simmons. That's just how they're constructed to be a very top-heavy. They're, they're very dependent on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And we're going to see what Ben Simmons can bring as well. But um, the Nets couldn't stop anybody. The Nets, we know the Nets don't have the best interior presence. Um, that's why in that trade, they wanted to acquire Andre Drummond so that they didn't have to have uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, and such, as, like, running there again. Because, you know, those old legs running against these young guys. But Andre Drummond is a good rebounder. Andre Drummond isn't a good defender. He's a big body. And he didn't Bam Bam destroyed him. Bam told him at the end of the game, I saw those reports. They were talking about like how Bam told Andre Drummond, like basically he was never gonna be win playing winning ball and he wasn't that good anymore. And it's kind of crazy because Bam did cook him. Bam went for 30 and 11. Bam was just doing whatever he wanted that night because really there's nobody on that Nets team in the paint that can stop him. Um, Max Strews also chipped in 21. They didn't have Jimmy Butler tonight. They also didn't have Kyle Lowry. Jimmy, I think um, Jimmy Butler was still injured. I think something with his foot. And Kyle Lowry was off for personal reasons. Um they they did well. They did well. Oh, I forgot about Tyler Hero as well. Tyler Hero, you know, six man of the year candidate. He chipped in twenty seven and eight. They they looked they looked really good against this Nets team, albeit being the Nets. I mean, it's the Nets, but they still looked really good. They bounced back from that uh, ugly Bucks loss. They're still the number one seed in the East, and it looks like they're still trying to. Keep that, they're trying to keep that seed as they should. And on the other side of it, like I said, Kevin Durant went crazy for his first game back. Um, the shot, he got to he, where he wanted in the game. The shot looked good. It looked really, really good. But I think he just has to sh shake some rust off because even though he shot pretty well, he didn't shoot that well from the three-point line. A lot of them were good looks. He just couldn't. They just couldn't find it, and I feel like he'd get. They're gonna, they're gonna drop with rhythm. Like I said, as long as the shot looks good and you're getting to your spots, I don't mind the result of you breaking. You haven't played in 21 games. The shot will eventually fall. Um, Seth Curry still struggling, which is odd to me because he's supposed to be like he's he's usually known as one of the most efficient like shooters. But that's also when he's playing a role player. He has a bigger role over here in the Nets, and he started off pretty hot. But he hasn't been playing too well for the Nets as of late, being one of the guys to be relied on. Like, shooting-wise, he's been struggling. Um, Bruce Brown came in and chipped in 21. Roran Rodgers, 
I'm not sure what's going on with him. I mean, he put up nine and seven, but if you watch the game, he doesn't look good out there. He doesn't. It just is weird to say, like, you know, there's certain people, like I, when I talked about this, like, you look at them, you're like, oh, my God, they put up some pretty decent numbers. But the whole time you're watching the game, you're like, yo, this guy is not playing well. He's not playing well at all. Like, what's going on with them? I even remember one time in transition, like, this one play sticks out to me. Gordon Josh is dribbling down the court and transition pulls up for three and just air balls. Just killed the entire Nets momentum. And it was a bad air. It wasn't like, like it just went short. It missed the goal by a mile. I was like, what is going on? I don't know what's been going on with Gordon Josh. He hasn't looked that good as of yet, but I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm not, I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what's going on with him. The Nets also are going to need Seth Curry to step it up, especially with Joe Harris having season-ending surgery. And he needs to – he's going to need to step up. He's going to have – because he's going to have to fill that role. Yes, he's technically, percentage-wise, a better shooter than Joe Harris, but that doesn't matter as, unless we see you actually do that. Granted, again, we haven't seen him with Kyrie and Katie and Ben Simmons all together. And he can play his legit role and not have to have a more, you know, a bigger role. He can go back to his reduced role. But I still feel like there's going to be situations where we're going to need you to step up. And he just hasn't been showcasing that he's ready to step up. And he hasn't been playing well at all. Um, I think the Heat's next game is in Philadelphia. And the Nets visit Boston. So they're both this weekend. That should be interesting if KD's still back it should be interesting to see how KD goes against boston if his shot's still not falling because that's going to be a good test for um KD because boston has a number one defense right now and if this next team if he can carry this next team through the boston celtics i i like i like their chances right now regardless of Kyrie or ben simmons if he can get through that game and then the same thing with the Heat and Philadelphia. I feel like that's going to be a big test for them, especially with them supposed to be having a top defense as well. And, I mean, yes, they've struggled with some stars, but that's how it is. It's hard to stop stars and seeing Bam go against Embiid, especially since Bam kind of struggles with those bigger, bigger guys. I mean, I know Wiley says he's a power forward more than a center because of his size, but that's going to be a good matchup for um, this weekend. I can't wait to cover that game. Next, we have the Pistons and the Toronto Raptors. This game was a thriller, and I don't understand. It's so funny to me. I don't understand why the Raptors can't beat Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey is undefeated against the Raptors right now. Ever since he left, and it's just, I don't, I don't understand that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they can't, <laughs> they can't seem to beat Dwayne Casey. If you saw Raptors Twitter last night before the game, everybody was saying, if you want to come up off a quick buck, pick Detroit over Toronto. Everybody was saying, put Detroit over Toronto, even though the odds say Toronto was favored. Everybody was saying, pick Detroit. Pick Detroit. They're like, we know how the Raptors play against Dwayne Casey. For some reason, we always lose these games. So pick uh, uh, Dwayne Casey and the Pistons, and you're gonna come up off a quick buck. And I was like, man, maybe to maybe this game because the Pistons aren't good. I mean, they haven't been good in a long time, but they really aren't good. And the Raptors were look starting to look good. So I was like, nah, there's no way. I know um, Baby Drake for Evan Fleet wasn't in, like he wasn't there today, but. Uh, I know he's missed like four or five straight games. However, and so did OG Ananobi, but still, you still have Pascal Siakam. 
You still have Scotty Barnes. And with those two, you've been looking good together. So I didn't think you would need more than that against the Pistons. But apparently they did. Kay Cunningham looked really well. He had 22, 12, and 5. He had a nice game-saving block at the end of the game um, where they went down. He got a nasty block that resulted in Scotty Barnes trying to shoot up a desperation three that won them the game, basically. So, Kay Cunningham had a monster defensive performance that saved the game for the Pistons. Uh, You had Sadiq Bey, who looked really well. He had 23. Um, He didn't shoot the best, but he still looked well scoring-wise. Jeremy Grant looked really good as well, had 26. Um, it's It's just surprising when you see this Pistons team they have been playing well against other teams. Like, they've been playing well against these good teams or supposedly good teams. Uh, they beat the Celtics twice this year already, and I'm like, yo, what's good? Or, yeah, I believe they beat us twice. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. I believe they beat us twice already this year, and we struggle both those games. I'm like, the Pistons play good teams well. They they play up to their competition. It's not like, oh, well, these other teams are playing down the road. The Pistons play well against these other teams, and they just they're, – they're, they're a young team, yes, but they're an exciting team. And Cade leading the pack and Cade leading the pack and looking, leading the forward, it looks, it looks really good. I know Killian Hayes was supposed to be his running mate, but Killian Hayes has been coming off the bench lately, and he, did, he hasn't been really doing much. He's still been struggling on all um, – on the other end, Pascal Siakam looked good. He had 28. I know people are still upset that Pascal Siakam was didn't get his respect in All Star, especially when he was going crazy. Pascal Siakam is still going crazy, even in losses. He's still going crazy. He didn't shoot any threes today, and that's good because I don't want to see Pascal Siakam shoot too many threes. I want to see him get to the paint, get to his spot, drive and attack constantly. And when the defensive collapses, then you kick out. So. He looked good. He stuck to his game. He shot 10 for 15. He got to the free throw line 10 times, made eight of them. I know that's a big thing with Pascal Siakam. I know a lot of Raptors say he doesn't get his calls, but he doesn't really uh, – I know he attacks, but there's certain ways you attack to where you avoid contact because I know Jason Tatum had the same problem. He drove a lot. Well, at first we couldn't get him to drive, and then when he was driving, he avoids contact, but he he still thought he was getting fouled, so he wanted those calls, but they weren't giving him those calls, but it's like – Hey, you're not going to get every call. Still be aggressive. Keep attacking, and the calls will come eventually. I know Raptors Twitter was upset. They, Like I said, they say that Pascal Siakam doesn't get a lot of calls. He got his calls tonight, and, I mean, he knocked it down when it counted. Scotty Barnes still looking really good, 21-10. and 10. I know everybody kept saying it was going to be a project. Y'all remember that draft video? I said I would have took him second overall. No disrespect to Evan Mobley because Evan Mobley looking even better than I thought he would too. But I've always been a big fan of Scotty Barnes. I felt like he should have went um, either one or two. And it's still looking good right now, but this rookie class is just so good that it's hard to be like, hey, everybody can look good. Uh, Precious Achua looked really good as well. I had 18 points, hit a big, big shot in the um, fourth. Uh, what's it called? I think it was like with a minute 30 left or whatever. He had a big three. And he 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 was part of the reason of the comeback. He he kind of helped big time on that comeback. Precious was looking really good. He's starting to come more into his own. And I mean, I like seeing that. I like seeing young guys coming to their own. Cause you know, oh, my bad. 
I got caught off guard. Uh, I stopped doing a really loud thing just banged up against my door. Okay. Anyway, we're going to take another short break, so I go check what that is, and then we'll be right back. I guess I was just some heavy winds going through the San Antonio area, but we're back to cover the last three games of last night, um, of that Thursday night. First game I want to cover is Golden State-Dallas. Now, this one was interesting to say the least. That fourth quarter, excuse me, that fourth quarter was extremely interesting to say the least. The Mavericks gave Golden State their second loss in what's called this week. I believe yeah, they played them earlier this week. They beat them again then, and they gave them their second loss right here. Uh, I think this is seven out of nine for the Warriors they've lost. They've lost seven out of their last nine. They haven't been looking too well. They fell, I think it's like either seven and a half or eight, eight games, somewhere around there behind. Last time I checked, that's where they were behind. How many games they were behind? Uh phoenix and they just dropped another game pushing them further behind uh they haven't i don't know draymond green's missed like 26 straight games andre drum uh, andre andre eagle dollars missed like 17 to 19 straight games and they just haven't looked too well it's hard especially with clay Tom- if clay thompson has a bad game it's hard for the warriors to win you see steph still putting up steph like numbers until they blitz him or teams make it a focal point to not let Steph beat them and like basically tell the rest of the teams like hey y'all are gonna have to beat us step up and beat us and the war the other Warriors aren't stepping up to the plate and taking on that challenge last night you saw um Steph entered the fourth quarter with 21 points he he was shooting well eight because this I went this is as I was going to bed so I didn't watch the fourth quarter I was I was going to bed I saw I was like, oh, Steph got eight for 15, four for five from the three. He got 21 points. Oh, easy. Steph about to, you know, because I put him, also, I put him down for a parlay. I had him down for 25 points. I was like, oh, four points for Steph, and he got the entire fourth quarter? Easy. I woke up this morning, and I read the fourth quarter notes, and I was like, yo, the Mavericks clamped Steph. They didn't even let Steph get off a shot. They blitzed him and doubled him. 
and made sure made him made everybody else shoot. Everybody else he was like everybody else has to beat us. You will not beat us. And I mean, he had some players step up. The rookie Moses Moody looked really good. He scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. It looked uh it was 13 consecutive points in the fourth quarter. He was just hitting shot at the shot. And it looked really good. It's good to see your young guys step up. It's, it's good to see your other guys step up. Um, you had Jordan Poole also came in with 23 points. He stepped up. He looked good. But Clay, Clay struggled. Clay did not have a good shooting game. He shot six for 17. He finished with 16 points. It's never good when you have more shot attempts than points. Um he just didn't look he didn't look too good, but Luca obviously he almost had a forty point triple double. He always looks good. Luca Magic, you know how he does. You know, forty one, ten and nine. He looks crazy. Luca Luca just did his thing. Spencer Dinwiddie, I will admit he's fitting in better than I thought, leading that second unit. Um Luca sung high praises for him because Spencer Dinwiddie did really well scoring and gave them a little surge and Luca was like, Yeah, like he I thought it would take him longer to fit in, but he's fitting in really well. He's look he's looking really good. I like what it's bringing to us and everything. And I'm like, I I, I can't I can't hate on uh Davis Bertans didn't score. So I wanted to speak on that trade. But you know, half of that trade is look good right now. Davis Bertans still provide floor space. I still don't think this is a good trade in the long run, but Luca, I just thought it was interesting that Luca was singing his praises and saying, yeah, I'm, well, he's supposed to, because you know you can't go against the front office, but still, hey, Luca look good. They, they're winning, and they, they can try to make this, they can try to make this push. I still don't see them as legit playoff contender, legit contenders at all, but they still, they still look good. Um, What's called, I think it was, yeah, in the because it was it was at the end whenever um yeah Moses Moody went crazy because he hadn't scored the entire game all his points came in the fourth which is just I don't I don't I don't understand that like um I I just love the a, a good rookie and just to see him go crazy like I wish the All Star Andrew Wiggins also would have stepped up more it's just when you look at the Warriors it's just you need you you if you look just at the box score you'd be like oh. How they lose all these people have well-rounded games but then you like you watch the game you're like dang that's how they lost you take away curry force these other people to create shots for themselves and it just doesn't end well a good portion of the time and that's just how it is with a lot of stars it's just but you can noticeably see it with uh steph i know a lot of people are trying to call steve kerr overrated and saying He's not making the proper adjustments. He's not make calling the proper plays to get other people open. Whenever Steph's ha- whenever Steph is clamped up and Steph can't score, the Warriors are basically out of luck because there's nothing else they can do. I still don't agree with that fully, but I'm starting to, you know, I'm starting to lean a little more that way, especially on this losing when they've been on this little losing stretch. I'm like, maybe Steve Kerr isn't all it is a I'm not gonna say he's like not a good coach. He's still a good coach. I don't like when people act like um Mark Jackson is did everything for Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr just came in and just took over and just took over Mark Jackson's scheme and just went with that. That's not how it went. It was complete there those are two completely different teams. Mark Jackson ran a more defensive style team. Um what's called Steve Kerr wearing a more free flowing offensive style team where he basically unleashed Steph, he unleashed Draymond 
if you look at how they are playing in their sets that they are running with Mark Jackson, you look at how they're playing with Steve Kerr, it's night and day. Even Draymond and the players come out and say, yeah, it's night and day. You can see the difference of how we play with them. It's two different, two completely different things. So you're going to get, we got to give him his roses there. But as of late, he has been looking kind of skeptical. Um, then you have the Kings and San Antonio game. The Kings, the Kings kept their playoff hopes alive. They kept their playoff hopes alive. Um, they needed a win. They ha- they haven't been winning much ever since this uh, Sabonis trade. They have not been winning. They haven't been winning at all. Um, they they're thirteenth in the West right now, just behind San Antonio. They're both at twenty four games, but the Kings have played two more games in them. So they're still technically under them. Like I told y'all last part, the Kings can't reach. Uh, they can't be over 500, but the Kings can still make a playoff push depending on if the Spurs go on a losing streak, the Trailblazers go on a losing streak, and the Pelicans go on a losing streak. Um, all of this is possible, but I just wouldn't bet on it. I don't think it's probable, especially with how bad the Kings have been struggling. But on the positive note, this is a step in the right direction. Um. De'Aaron Fox looked good tonight. He had 26, 6, and 9. Harrison Barnes had a n- nice scoring night. He had 27 on only 8 shot attempts. He really was just attacking and getting to the free throw line. He shot 14 free throws. He made 11 of them. Um, you had Sabonis. Sabonis had a kind of a quiet night, but he played his role. Like, you know, it, it, not every night has to be a big, explosive night, but he played his role. He had 12, 12, and 6. Um, then on the other end, you had DeJounte Murray, the all-star. He almost had a triple-double as well. You know, he's a triple-double threat. He had 29, 12, and 7. Uh, Lonnie Walker was the surpriser for this one. Lonnie Walker came in and chipped in 30. That man, hey, Lonnie Walker, Lonnie Walker was looking, looking really good. Um, I don't, I just, I don't understand why the Spurs are on this massive, like, L streak. Well, it's not massive. It's only a few games. But on this L streak, ever since um, Pop is trying to get this last win, the Todd Don Nelson's what's called NBA record for the most winningest coach, he's been on this. He just, they just haven't been able to win. They've been struggling. They haven't been able to win ever since he got the – he needs one more win to tie and one more win to take the legger and become the – like I said, the all-time winning is coach, but we'll see how that goes. Obviously, it's going to eventually happen this season. We just don't know when. But going back to Lonnie Walker, he was he was key. Um, what's called in that nice little twenty-two to three run they that the Spurs made. Him and Dejounte Murray. Dejounte Murray chipped in a couple points, but it's really Lonnie Walker that was really leading the pack in that way. I mean, you just got to give credit to the Kings. They actually toughed it. Even after the Spurs made a nice comeback, the Kings still just toughed it out. And I didn't I didn't get to catch the last few minutes of it, obviously, being a later game. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have much to say to pass this besides, like, I still don't believe in the Kings. The Kings can win their next eight in a row. I'm not going to believe in the Kings. I just – anytime you see I – don't, I don't mean to slander the Kings. Anytime you see a Kings game – and you see me watching. I'm usually watching very unenthused. I love De'Aaron Fox. I'm a big De'Aaron Fox fan. I just don't want him to be in a Kings jersey. I'm like, I'm watching it because I'm like, dang, De'Aaron Fox is so good. I really like De'Aaron Fox. But then I'm looking at it the whole time, and I'm like, when De'Aaron Fox goes off the court, or when I just start thinking about the Kings, I'm like, yo, 
This team is poverty. They made, like I said, they made this trade. This trade is not going to go much. They're still going to miss the playoffs more than likely. And I guess we will see next year. Like I said last podcast, we'll just have to see next year where it goes. Um, next game we can talk about is the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, I know on social media it was trending because Reggie Jackson had a nice little crossover on uh, Russell Westbrook. He he took his ankles, everything like that, and the Lakers are just down bad. The Lakers are still just down bad. They take another L to the Clippers lost by 20 points it just didn't didn't look good at all didn't look good at all lebron came in he chipped in 26 8 and 4 um he didn't shoot the best malik monk came in he chipped in a little bit russell westbrook he came in he shot he did russell westbrook things he's just this team's not good this team's not good at all you got dwight howard starting for the night and getting one board the entire game you just it just didn't look good. Reggie Jackson dominated. This Lakers defense is non-existent. Reggie Jackson, if you got Reggie Jackson going out there for 36, 8, and 9, why does Reggie Jackson have more rebounds than your starting center? Why does Reggie Jackson have more <laughs> rebounds than basically anybody else on your team? Reggie, your rebound leader on your team is tied with Reggie Jackson. There's no reason for that. Uh, that's kind of crazy in that own right. I don't know. Uh, Zubak played well. Zubak can get minutes against teams like this that are very paint heavy and aren't going to put because usually Zubak can get some D DMPs or he gets a minutes reduction when he gets against fast guards that can exploit him and everything like that. But he doesn't really have to worry about that with the Lakers because they're going to they're gonna paint mash. They're not going to really settle for too many jumpers. They're going to go to the paint where he wants them, and he can just become reliable that way. Um, the, I don't know, the the Clippers went on a nasty run. They they went on like a 37-10 run in the third, and it was just they they it was coasting the whole game. It like I said, like some of these scores are misleading. Yes, it was a 20-point game. You're like, oh, that's a blowout. And but it felt like it was a bigger game. It felt like it was a bigger blowout than what's called than a 20-point game. Like Reggie Jackson again went crazy. He had like four straight threes. Tyron Lue is showing that he is a good coach and that LeBron wasn't the coach and LeBron wasn't everything like that. I hate when people say that LeBron's the coach, LeBron's the GM, LeBron's everything. That just lets me know where you stand right there. That doesn't even make sense because obviously these guys are still professionals these guys know what they're doing yes they're gonna listen to their star but you can listen to anybody kd says hey i would like to get this player if it's in the gm's power the gm's gonna get that player luca can say the same thing if it's in the gm's player they're gonna try to get those players it's without with every superstar same thing with the head coach you're not gonna just like completely disregard your head coach and be like nah i'm not listening to that head coach i'm gonna do what i want that doesn't even make sense but i don't really have much to say about this lakers game because the lakers stink the lakers are playing really really bad and to lose to a clippers team with no paul george no norman powell no quad leonard and to lose by this big of a margin even with um, what's called Tyron Lue having the Clippers rolling. I know the Clippers have been rolling, but still, this Lakers team, what we expected from the beginning and what we're seeing right now is just, it's just night. It's night and day. Um, I don't, the Lakers fall. They're, they're there. If they lose another game, the Pelicans get another win. 
the Lakers are in trouble of falling to the bottom of the playing tournament. If Portland or San Antonio, like how I said, how the Kings are trying to make that run, if any of the Lakers continue this losing streak, the Lakers could fall out of the playing tournament, and that is very, very spooky, especially since they don't have their pick anyway. But that's basically all I have for you guys today. This has been another episode of the Ask Geeks podcast. Always, always, always remember to respect women. But most importantly, remember to respect yourself. Yeah.